You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Bites, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 426th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. We're just getting into our rhythm. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer out in Western Massachusetts. Tim, I think you're right. I think we're on the cusp of getting this one right. After 425 previous attempts, I'm feeling it tonight. Well, we're doing our best. The email mailbag is overflowing. With all ah. types of great emails. Little guy, let's kick it over to you. Is there any type of industry or employee, employer, or um, <laughs> Anybody uh, needs to be thrown under the bus? That you would yeah. like to throw under a bus? <laughs> uh, no, no one knew this week. Car drivers okay. in general, I guess. Right. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll circle back to this. We'll do, we'll do a... Uh, a little U-turn around and come back to the bus. Uh, yeah, sounds good. So back we, it over you here uh, later in the show. But uh, so things, bike racing, bike racing is there. Oh, Shout yeah. out Nelson Paulus, third place in the GC of the Tour de Alps Maritimes. Always great to see America's up and coming cyclist in the top <laughs> three. Yeah, a GC cyclist, no less. I mean, yeah. that that is. I mean, you know, there are some uh, cyclists from America that are quite good at one day racing, which is fantastic. Great to see, but Nelson like, Paulus, like Nelson start to come around. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, Locked he's won, he's won, he's won, uh, he's won the big hat. So he's won. I the saw, big hat. Um, uh, Matteo Jorgensen won the other day too. That's true. That's it's right. been a great so, spring for, uh, young and up and coming American cyclists. So what do we got going on in the world of cycling? Little guy, besides Tajik, Pogachar. Did I get that right, Spencer? Uh Pogacha. Just crushing just souls. Just really gotta just, just haka loogie in there. Just really just crushing it out there. He's yeah, I, the best basically in the world. Every episode that we talk a lot about um Pogacha, I need to then purchase a replacement filter here for my microphone mm. just because it's just nasty afterwards when you which is just why I was just say Pogacar. It's easier. Then then it just saves us the 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 ordering of uh replacement parts. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean that's why people started just calling him Pogue. It's Pogue. a lot. It's yeah. a lot easier. Why don't we just stick with that? And then then we won't get emails. That'll cut down at least fifty percent so, of the emails we get. What was the I mean what little guy. What? What has like been the biggest race in so far? Tour of Omen? Like 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 where like where that's are boring. we in the season? <laughs> Is well, it boring oh. because Mateo oh, no, did win I, a stage? Yeah, but that's still boring. Oma or wherever that race was is boring. The only races that mattered were this last this last week. We had three stage races, like you said. We had Alps Maritime, we had Route to Seoul, and we had Algarve or Algarve or whatever. These actually are stacked full of people. I know that UAE tour is starting, and for once, Pogue's not going because he decided to go to route to Seoul, and like you said he won three of the five stages and then yeah let his teammate wellens wow. win another stage and then let it out for his teammates on an uphill finish on this last stage and his uh teammate got second alexander covey got second so it didn't fully work out but Oof. he um the finish oof. was a finish where you as he ripped the field apart so much you're like he he could have won that stage too, and yeah, it, yeah. This is coming yeah. on back of the fact that he won the uh, unpronounceable to me, new Spanish <laughs> uh, Strada Bianca uh, sort of copycat uh, race uh-huh. on Monday, which of course came after we recorded last week. The Lutsenko mm-hmm. won last year, so Pogue on fire. Mm-hmm. I think he's probably going to win Umloop next week. Um, what do you guys oh. think? So send him. It's possible. Send him. Little guy, um, wait, just, and then also KBK is next week weekend too. 
Well, Let's we not forget know. the donkey. The donkey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can't forget the donkey. How do you feel? The mood was so. You show up to a stage race, five day stage race, little guy. You're part of the team. Say, say you're part of some team, like I don't know, UAE, whatever. Yeah. Um, and your your team leader wins a couple of stages, uh, and you're feeling good. Mood on the team bus gets increasingly jovial through the week. You're like, oh man, it's early season. Mm-hmm. We're gonna split some prize money already. Uh, I'm feeling good. I'm doing my work, you know, getting water bottles, whatever. And then uh, uh, your team leader, like, lets another guy on the team win a, a stage and just heightens everything, right? The, uh, the, the mood on the bus is just incredible, through the roof. And then your team leader wins another stage. It's incredible. And then he says, you know what? And he's, he rolls a die. Uh, before the stage, just rolls a couple of uh, six-sided dice there, and your number comes up. And he's like, "You, new guy, we're leading you out today. Yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna straight flush this thing. Every stage, the team's taking it home. Biggest payday of your life. Let's go." And and you're like, "All right, I'm feeling it. The whole team's feeling it. We're gelled." He leads you out. Uh-huh. You're there. You see the line coming. All of a sudden, you feel a shoulder brush past you. You can't do it. Mm-hmm. The legs are empty. And you let down the team. You lost the last stage that you were let out for by your biggest team uh, rider. Yeah. Um, do you think the mood on the bus was that of a bummer? Or do you think they still had a good time? <laughs> do you I think, think they rides for the team next year? I think uh, I think Kobe will be writing for the team because I think he's got a contract for next year. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think they since it was the final stage and he won the GC and he's just basically goofing around at this point. So yeah, yeah. I think it was pretty okay. chill. He Pogue is so good that I I wanted to I, Tim. I know I don't say this easy, but you're right. Moss looks really good. And Moss finished like fourth or fifth on GC, but he was the only guy who could challenge Pogue on these finishes. Uh-huh. And Pogue just looked like he was just goofing around with with Moss just, even, and Moss was world. dropping everyone else. I think it's just it's all fun and games right wanna, now for Pogue. Yeah. I want to go back to Spencer's imaginary situation that he put you in, little guy. Uh-huh. He was like, "Hey, you know, how would the team?" respond i was totally buying the story but i stopped listening when he said he rolled the six-sided dice because we all know it would be a 20-sided dice <laughs> i poke seems like a pretty straightforward no. kind of guy no he i don't think he's got uh, a d20 in the pocket have you seen some of the i mean we got a we got an email this week from uh, greg harma uh, all the way down in a uh, australian corner aussie corner Okay. And Pokecar seems like quite the, uh, quite the, quite the uh, comedian on his Instagram. Oh. Selfies and everything. I don't know. I think there could be a 20-sided die in, uh, in his jersey pocket. Yeah. So, we'll have to see. Little guy, the other race, I'm kind of disappointed you didn't bring it up, um, is pretty much a preview for not this year's World Championships, which is held in Glasgow, but... Uh, I think it's next year when the uh, racing Rwanda. goes to Rwanda. So we got Tour of Rwanda. Uh, this, mm-hmm. One of the coolest uh, races um, around with one of the coolest climbs in the game. And I believe that's when it gets to Mount Kingali um, on stage seven. I could be mm-hmm. wrong. I got to investigate it a little bit more. But that seems like a pretty cool race. Lots of uh, continental teams are going, including Team Novo mm-hmm. Nordisk. But let's, not, let's give a shout out to Education First and bringing their development team. Uh, oh, yes. But anyways, it's it seems like a cool race. I'd love to learn more about it and uh, do my best to uh, follow along to the uh, Tour of Rwanda, which yes. is coming up, uh, started today. Yeah, yeah. I uh, Yeah, if I could watch it. I don't know where I can watch okay. it. Maybe maybe it's it, on GCN. I don't know. Just, I didn't see just it. dig yourself so. out of that hole, little guy. It's all right. <laughs> I'm it's sorry. Okay. I didn't know I was, for some reason, um, contractually obligated to watch but, every single race and know every race that oh. happened. but. But, you do need but to I hold have up to explain, the, uh, explain you, to you about p- what Pogue did. Little guy. Have you listened to the Slow Ride podcast Lando before? Yeah, Lando was anonymously second there. I, t- t- Tim, how many how many stages did uh, Magnus Court win over at the uh, Volta Algarve? Two. 
Oh, look at this. Look at this. Timmy's doing his research where he's got, he helicoptered he's got, he's got his first way cycling to the off right now. He looks pretty All good. Right. No, actually, I don't have it up, but he did win a sprint. Um, it looked... I was watching the highlights. I mean, I didn't watch it all. I watched the final yeah. like 2K of that race. And the sprint just did not seem like the uh, the Team Ineos boys were together with Ghana uh, leading out um, little-known cyclocross racer Thomas Pitcock. And uh, Court took the win over Pitcock um, in one of the sprints. It just looked like a complete, uh, you know, marginal games were not now, uh, part of well, Team Camp. Pitcock got his win uh, later on in the week. Obviously, doesn't have the form. Couldn't have gone to Cross Worlds a couple weeks ago. Obviously, uh, just doesn't have the form yet in the season. Uh, just barely hanging on to win uphill finishes. Why didn't they send him to Cross Worlds? What's wrong with Ineos? Do they want us to hate them? I want to hate them. Can we hate on something else? Like, why is the UAE Tour in the World Tour? Money. We know why. Okay. Money. All right. Never mind. Um, speaking of money... Uh, let's talk about old friend of the podcast and uh, team owner of Team Quickstep. I don't know if you guys yeah. saw this interview, but uh, whatever his name is, uh, just out here, just once again, saying he's a fan of women's cycling, but not paying them a living wage because yeah, they're not worth it. There's just mm. too much stratification in the women's field. I read that summary. Uh, psych, uh, the Canadian Cycling Magazine has a good summary of a translated interview. Um, and a couple of others, but basically, uh, our old friend is out here, uh, espousing once again, that, uh, women cyclists do not deserve the living wage and equal pay that, uh, I wonder if there's any kind of correlation between treating your team, uh, with respect and paying your team, uh, you know, riders and results. Like, I wonder if there's anything to do with each other. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here, but. It's so sad that like he can continue to dig himself a hole and then face no repercussions with the team or with like sponsors. It seems yeah. like at some point you would just kind of take the line, right? And it's just, I mean, it's ridiculous. Now some team sponsors have left. Yeah, they have. I mean, they they jumped over to the Elbison team, right? I mean, that's yeah. where he lost mm-hmm. sponsors before. But I mean, the point you made on Twitter is that how is specialized sticking with him i at this point it seems insane that they aren't just sponsored by some small belgian bike company you know what i mean i understand like it kind of makes sense they got some like weird industrial like belgian sponsors who you know maybe are okay more with this but specialized feels like but as we've seen like they have no uh marketing or hr department anymore no at Specialized, so I guess I guess they don't care. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm thinking of a, of a different Specialized, a fictional Specialized that I want to exist. So yeah. I don't know if there's even a fictional Specialized that I want to exist, really, but that's, you know, it's fine. So we've gotten... Uh, uh, okay, go ahead, Spencer. Oh, I was going to say, um, little guy, I saw a clip... Uh, I did not watch the whole stage because obviously it was a time trial. Wondering if you uh, caught the magical clip uh, speaking a few minutes ago of Tom Pidcock, a little known cyclocross racer, Mm -hmm. putting his cyclocross skills to use in a time trial. Did you see this? No, I didn't. I knew it was a time trial today, so I... My energies yeah. went to uh, the other races and to the actual cyclocross races that happened today. Fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, whenever I see a clip floating around the social medias from a time trial, I I know what's coming. I like 100% know yeah. that they're going to be rounding some corner and their TT bike, which has notoriously like pretty poor handling and braking especially, uh, and they're probably going to pop that back wheel up a little bit as they mm-hmm. try to turn and like skip once or twice across the pavement and then s- magically save it and keep on riding. And everyone freaks out. And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe it's because we were bike messengers in the, in the city traffic and stuff and doing dumb stuff <laughs> uh, all the time. But it, it never is super impressive to me. And I'm just like, time trial bikes are dumb and they're not made to... Anyway, whatever. It's impressive because it's uh, the wrong equipment to be skidding your bike around on, really. But 
Uh, there was one floating around today from today's time trial uh, from Time Pick Up that actually did impress me quite a bit. <laughs> it's pretty rad if you can find a video of it because he starts to lose it similar uh, to every other clip you've seen. Unclips the one foot and is tripoding, trying to make it around this corner, which is a huge uh, dirt, basically vertical wall that kind of yeah, it's a berm curves up. It's basically a berm slash half pipe, and he like rides the wall. Yeah. He gets, I would say, at least three to four feet up high off the ground, like on this wall, completes the turn on a time trial bike, comes down, straightens it out, and keeps going. It was pretty awesome. Uh, it was straight out of Nova Mesto, straight I out of... Uh, I can't believe little guy yeah. would have that. If he was no, dedicated just, to bike racing, he would have watched this. I just I just watched it. Yeah, no, you're right. That's that's pretty ridiculous. It's it's pretty incredible. Um, so shout out to uh, uh, Tom Peacock. I guess the the cyclocross skills are are paying off for that guy. Hopefully, he has a career uh, trajectory similar to that of other cyclocross stars, such as Zendix Debar, yeah, and, uh, Wout Van Aert. One of the like, so just watching it, and I watched it two times, and I went back. He rides the berm. When he comes back onto the road, his front wheel makes it onto the road. His back wheel. Since it's a disc, there's there's so much more to hit. He hits uh-huh. the like the the basically like chunk of concrete, like and does the wheel skip that you were initially yeah. thinking. But he does it half on the dirt, half on the pavement. Yeah. Coming back, he like does the wheel skip. Um, I bet he destroyed so, that wheel, but he made it to the I finish. Wanted, so. I wanted to join in, so I just googled Tom Pidcock wall ride, and it comes up right away, and. Uh, he he puts the foot down, Spencer, but what's the most impressive part, it's almost like he's like, Oh, I'm gonna ride that. Like he's right like he's going through the motion of the oh crap. The decision is down. Made, he's yeah. like yeah. he's like, Oh no, that's like my exit path is a sweet wall ride. Yeah. Well done. Oh for sure. It was definitely Guess what? The right does decision, not make me right. want to watch a time trial. Because I, I felt like I watched the best part of the time trial in about twenty seconds there. That was cool. Oh that's yeah, yeah, that's all you yeah. need. Yeah, it was it was awesome. So look, um, if you could just I keep mean, filtering for us that'd be awesome congrats to steven kung who did win that stage um <laughs> i don't know how that played out for him in the grand uh, scheme of the race but uh pidcock did finish 19th uh 127 now, down now gentlemen i have some bad news to report and that is that our attempts to get a hold of simon geshka via our chat gpt email did not come through so i am now going to um Ugh revert to the old Instagram DM stalking to see if this can go through. I would ask all of the listeners of the Ride Podcast continue to tag us <laughs> in the replies to Instagram and social media posts to Simon Geshka. We must win him with our popularity. It is the only way that we're going to get a true reporter in the ground of the professional Peloton. But until then, let's go to this week's pre I'm Tommy Walker, and you are listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, guys, here we are in the Primlout, and let's give a major shout-out to friend of the podcast, Rob Kelly, over at Criterium Nation. The crit season is around the corner. Yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting emails about the uh, National Criterium League's first race down in Miami Beach. Ooh. And I can't wait to re- hear the preview on Criterium Nation on what's going on with Criterium Racing because I heard that some teams aren't going to be there and I yeah. want to know the drama. There's a lot of drama. Um, I am also eagerly anticipating, like, uh, there are, you know, uh, there are people that are on the side uh, cheering for NCL. There are people who think it's uh, not a viable solution to Criterium Racing. And you know what that means? It means there's a lot going on that I don't have time to keep up on, and I am thankful for Criterium Nation to keep me informed of what I need to know and uh, all the dramas that are going on so I can choose a side uh, that fits my narrative of what I want to happen. <laughs> I don't... I can that's assume the what's reason. going that's on. Yeah, I can yeah. assume what's going on, but I, I need an expert like Rob Kelly to, to get down to the middle of it. What we do know is that there's at least one... Pri- professional criterium racing league that 
appears to be focused on equity in sport, million dollar payout amongst the teams for race season. But uh-huh. Legion of LA and the Miami Blazers are not going to be there. But the Miami Knights will be there. I'm confused on all of this. I need Rob to help me figure out what is going on. Because if there's one thing American racing, road racing can do is support two rival Criterium <laughs> Racing Leagues. We have an right. abundance mm-hmm. of athletes, an abundance of attention in this sport. So I sure hope that we just fight it out. It's the only way we will get better. Iron sharpens iron. <laughs> fair. That's fair. Yeah. So let's do it. I mean, that's that's and that's just one show on the Wide Angle yeah. Podium Network. We've got multiple, multiple shows. We, I, I don't know. Uh, there's not just this one. There's not just Rob over at Criterium Nation. There's Bill, Zach, and uh, uh, Michael over at uh, Cycle Cross, Cross Radio. Radio. There's Nowhere Fast uh, covering all things esports and virtual racing and the Zwift worlds and not just Zwift, but all the other weird worlds that are out there that I don't understand and I'm scared of. Um, there's all like we're covering I mean, all your cycling bases. The, the nowhere fast. I mean, there's the whole controversy between Wahoo and Zwift oh. and RGT. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what's going on there. So just listen to Zach and the crew there. But let's not forget, there's there's all types of drama going on in gravel racing with over at the Grodio that Amanda's going to navigate for because there's the Belgian Waffle Ride Series. There's a Lifetime mm-hmm. GP. I don't even know anymore. But here we are uh. in the wonderful world of cycling. Only independent cycling media can bring it to you. And, of course, that is what the Wide Angle Podium is all about. We're continuing to put you there, yeah. and we're not selling you NFTs. Not selling you NFTs. What we're selling you is a good time, but help <laughs> us pay our server fees. Yeah. <laughs> Head on over to WideAnglePodium.com. You can click on the donate button, figure out what option makes sense for you, if any of them do, and pick the shows that you listen to or all of them and uh, kick us a few bucks to keep on doing what we're doing. Um, And hopefully we won't have to lay off Tim and Little Guy here in the next few weeks um, because we might have to make about a 60% staff reduction. Uh, and that oh. would just be unfortunate, um, well, you know, but it's just the cost of doing business. I can't think of any better segue to this week's <laughs> uh, mailbag than right now, because let's get researching about future employment for the little guy. <laughs> <laughs> let's get back to the show, shall we? I'm Heinrich Hausler, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Broadcast. Here we go, guys. We are back from the pre-lap. We're going to open up the overflowing slow ride podcast at gmail.com it, mailbag. It, it sounds like we have a feisty bag this week, Tim. We have a feisty bag, and they came fast and furious. I mean, the, the episode wasn't even an hour posted before yeah. we got, um, before it just started. I mean, it just, it unraveled. Yeah. And, it was and, a trickle, and then it became a flood. <laughs> yeah, it became a flood. So let's start. Little guy, are you ready? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready for okay. it. I'm ready for it. This email comes to us from Chris. Subject line, I drive a school bus. Aha. Uh-huh. Hey, Slow Ride. I'm a school bus driver in rural Canada. As of now, my tally of cyclists that I've hit is at zero. So that's something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good just- job. Congratulations. Yep. Little guy, feel free to jump in at any moment here um, because fans of the podcast will know that you are a big fan of school bus drivers. For me, it's the greatest job for a cyclist. It pays well enough to live off of, and you have the middle of the day to train, and you have your weekends and summers off. Now, the rest of the drivers I work with are definitely not cyclists or athletes of any sort. Most of them are former truckers that have a certain political leaning. The chats while doing our inspections in the morning are just as you may suspect. I typically ride to work, even just commuting by bike gets these guys in a lather. I don't know what the count for the rest of the drivers is for cyclists hit, but I assume it's not zero. I'll assume the level of remorse is low. And you're also not wrong about dodges. The parking lot at the depot is just as you would expect. Lots of late model North American trucks in various states of disrepair, and of course, some Dodge Chargers. So my plea here... Is for more cyclists to become school bus drivers. That bike shop oh. gig may be okay, but 
but does it really allow you the freedom to train? Are you stuck yeah. roasting coffee from nine to five and having to squeeze in rides before or after? We need to band together to take over this industry. We need more midday school bus driver chain gang rides while everyone else is stuck in their cubicles. We need more bus drivers to not run over the little guy. P.S. Yes. I used to drive a Pontiac Grand Prix. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> well, thanks for thanks wow. for really uh, thanks so, for the email, Chris, and thanks for you know uh, everything. I guess I don't know. There's a, a lot there's to unpack a, here. There's a lot to unpack. So this is in the running right away for email of the year, and it's only February nineteenth because it's <laughs> the first one in. He's listening to. The podcast on the first day, and little guy, I assure you, it was in the middle of the day. He's done listening to the podcast when he oh no, I know it emails came quick. us, and he goes it came quick. Ha, thanks. It's rare that my professional and bike life combine in one discussion. I'm looking forward to at least defending myself as a bus driver. Is what he wrote me back. Okay, this is so awesome. Yeah, and he said, "P.S. The kids love it when I drift the bus on the snowy gravel roads." So <laughs> little guy, yeah. what Chris does here is he reminds us of one of my all-time favorite cyclists and a Midwest cycling legend, Dewey Dickey. I'm not going to okay. get into it, but Google yeah, you, Dewey you Dickey. Don't, don't want to get too into it because <laughs> that too might deep, yeah. make <laughs> make make everything you just said maybe a little less. Let's change the light on it, but a little bit. Yeah, okay. Google Dewey Dickey EPO or Dewey Dickey Tour of Guatemala. Some great stories in there. There's, there's a big uh, Minnesota Magazine article called Dewey Dickey Rides Again. One of my favorite cyclists. Used to train mm-hmm. with uh, and a, and Greg a Very Lamont. nice human being. Banned for life. Very nice yeah. guy. After his like, he is, third. He is positive. banned for life, yeah. I do have his trophy of the Minnesota Cyclocross Rider of the Year up in my trophy case because I accepted <laughs> it on his behalf. He does not know I accepted it on his behalf, but I kept it. He was a school bus driver. There's a lot to unpack uh, and, with you. And, and him. he used to always talk about how school bus drivers were the, was the best job. So Chris, you're in good company because he would pick up the kids in the morning and then he'd get a good four or five hour ride every day. And then he'd drop the kids off at night. And you know what? It's an amazing profession. The world needs them. There's a critical shortage of bu- school bus drivers here in Orange County, Florida. Sure. Thank you for getting the future. I have nothing but love for the good school bus drivers like yourself. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I just want to go on the record and say that. Now, little guy, the floor is yours. You're Mia culpa. If you want to dig yourself out of the hole. No, I think um, I think I don't think I have any hole. I mean, I, I didn't I didn't say everyone, but I mean, I think uh, f- from the email, uh, I don't know how many school bus drivers there are at the company they're working for there, but uh, sounds like they're one of however many that aren't possibly running well, over cyclists. <laughs> Probably. Or care at but, all, so I think I'm uh, I'm still in the right. You can keep hitting th- me well, with these uh, with these emails. See if you can possibly, change my mind. Possibly, I think though that that was the uh, how they tied it up uh, with a nice little neat bow there at the end uh, was the plea to uh, to help fix. So, little guy, I am looking forward to reviewing your resume for you as you apply to school bus driver roles. Yeah, yeah. Um, to change from the inside so, uh, this uh, this culture. Now, I Little guy, that. you may remember, last week we read an email from Andrew Pierre, who used to work with Spencer at QBP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I could not believe the, the, the synergy on this. And then he emails us just five days ago, immediately after the posting, and he goes, whoa, 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 I drive a school bus too. <laughs> I would argue pickup drivers are way worse, much less just accommodating crazy. than the road cars. Oh, so yeah. we got yet yeah. another school bus driver, little guy. This next, and I said, I told him, I said, I said, this next episode is going to be amazing. Thank you so much for emailing back. And he goes, wow, yes, the streets of Minneapolis have been ice rinks for, with bowling lane bumpers, leaving little room for much more than a Mini Cooper. I will say that driving a bus in the cities can be challenging besides that fact. You'd be surprised mm-hmm. how often people do not see the giant yellow vehicle with the flashing lights carrying <laughs> our future. Yeah. Hey, yeah and he goes, sure. much like little guy's intuition that the bus was going to roll that stop sign, I, as a bus driver, can usually call that move by other drivers. Editor's note, 
and cyclist named little guy who aren't stopping at the stop signs anyway. I, that was editorial, but put in there because we knew that's what he was thinking. Not to defend <laughs> that particular driver. I will say that if you are driving for a district that has multiple successions of student bodies, for example, driving the high schoolers out first, then the middle schoolers, then the elementary school students, you are crunched for time. Driving the rural routes in Wisconsin, you find yourself getting sometimes uncomfortably fast down dirt roads. Maybe the times have changed, but kids on my bus route are sticklers for being on time. If you're late, they get pretty uh. disappointed. Lastly, whipping donuts in a 1986 VW Golf is a good time, but successfully whipping the back of end of a bus out and not taking out mailboxes is much more thrilling. I'm sure. This one comes to us from Andrew. So little guy, continue your mea culpa to school bus drivers mm-hmm. across the country. Now. You know, I don't doubt that it can it can be a hard job, but uh, you you're much you're much bigger than me, so. <laughs> so, oh, it sounds like we've got one bad example, one bad Apple school bus driver that almost hit you, which is you know not not fun. We've got now three examples of um, cycling uh, heroes that are changing <laughs> things from the inside. Yeah. Uh, things are not looking good for your argument, little guy. Uh, we got another email. School bus drivers. This one comes to us from a friend of the pod, Russ, who's emailed us before. To the Uber reviewers, I can't tell you how much I laughed at the school bus driving segment. Okay. I drove right. school buses while in college. Since it was a small college town, we got away with a bunch of things. I will not admit through email, but I can <laughs> say I would have gotten a 10 out of 10 review from the Slow Ride Pod. I would All show right. up late several days a week for my morning shift. <laughs> there was time I, as I drove back into the bus barn in the morning and couldn't remember if I picked up all the kids. No parents ever complained after school. I was driving like I was missing my evening group ride. And when it rained, I may or may not have figured out how to drift and fishtail out on the muddy road. This was in Stillwater, Oklahoma. And you've seen the Mid-South photos. However, mm-hmm. since... I was a cyclist myself. I definitely gave every cyclist the space they need. The word of advice, if you ever find yourself driving a school bus, if the kids are acting up, make sure to yell dog for the camera before performing your brake check. Your friend, school bus driver, (laughs) Russ Bainbridge, a.k.a. Donut Endurance on Twitter and Instagram. So little guy, yet another school bus driver. Continue Uh your mea couple. Yeah, I don't know, man. I did not realize the school bus <laughs> cycling connection was so strong, especially uh-huh. with our listenership. So it's apparently yeah. deep, deep and um, you well, know, strongly defended. Yeah, little guy. If it makes you feel better, we're done talking about school bus drivers, but it's okay. We'll continue on. Thank you to all the school bus driver listeners. Thank um, you. Just watch out for us out there. I mean, for for every one that emails oh, in, there's at least ten sure. more that uh, that didn't. You know. Yes. Leave us a review. Leave us a. Uh, in fact, Spencer, uh-huh. I think in a little bit here we're going to read some reviews of the podcast, so we should check to see if we've gotten any one star reviews since little guy just threw an entire profession under the bus, literally. Um, but before we get there. Um, let's get into uh, some more emails that we got. Because you may remember last week I was talking about e-cargo bikes mm-hmm. and my un- how I felt it was unbelievable that the big three, Trek Specialized and Giant, had yet to create a long tail or cargo bike or a bucket cargo bike. Sure. Um, and boy, did those emails start coming through. The first one came to us from John Barry who emails us from, uh, he, uh, from South Dakota. And he was like, hey, long time listener, first time caller. Currently listening to the latest release from my favorite podcast while overhauling Trek bicycles in a van down by the river. I couldn't help but notice the fact that none of you have heard the whisperings about what was clearly the least talked about bike under the big (laughs) tent at the Trek Cyclocross World Cup in October. I can't say much else about it, but here it is. It's the fetch in the flesh at your beloved Midwest Cyclocross Festival Mm -hmm. in plain sight in the Trek merch tent. Still listening on the edge of my mechanic's creeper seat in the not creeper van, anticipating the best preem lap in the history of my 100th episode of Friendship with the Pod. And this, again, is John Barry from uh, Barry Fast Cycles. Uh, looks like out of South Dakota. And uh, he showed up to the Trek Cross World's Cup rocking the Incredible Hulk slash um, uh, Easy Rider uh, 
American flag, Captain American helmet. Oh, Looks great. Solid nice. beer. And he's got the green uh, cyclocross tires that you guys love so much. Ooh, yeah. There you go. But he was the first to say mm-hmm. that the Trek fetch was coming. And that was, and the picture that he provided was of the Trek fetch two, which is the long tail cargo bike retails around $5,000 because how do we know this boy? Did the emails come <laughs> flying through? Yeah. Um, let's see. We got, uh, Robert Hamlin. Trek was listening. And of course he talks about the Trek four, which is the front cargo bike. These are all coming out in March. So you got Trek with the fetch. Uh-huh. All of them run a Bosch e-bike system. Uh, we've got Joe Fabris boys. After listening to the latest car uh, dialogue on cargo bikes, I enjoyed this bit of uh, kismet along with the, the mean girls nod. And here it is. Trek is trying to make fetch happen while two new electric cargo bikes for families. It's, it's amazing. That was from Joe. The, the emails continue. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just nonstop here, guys. Sid Law, another one about the e-bikes. I missed it. Trek is coming out. And then friend of the pod, Colin Hurley out of Salt Lake City, Utah, sent me a whole bunch of information about the new specialized cargo bikes. Oh. And they're going to be branding the Globe. It's called the Globe brand. And it's going to be a standalone cargo bike brand. The difference is the Globes are 20-inch wheels. So a little bit closer to the turn that little guy uh, liked so much. And they look to, uh, it's kind of a long tail, um, setup, and they're going to be a little bit cheaper than the, uh, Trek ones. So the Trek two, I think starts at about a uh, five grand and then the Trek four, which is the front loader is like five, five or six grand. So anyways, lots of cargo bike emails. Yeah. How stoked are you on this little guy? Uh, I think that the tracks look pretty cool. I haven't really looked at the, the globes at all and I probably won't. But um, <laughs> it's, a, it's amazing. They're both coming back, coming out like so soon to each other. You think maybe there's some industrial espionage, espionage happening on who's making what, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. It I seems mean, like all the big, the big brands are basically just suing each other. Constantly, clearly, so. they, they they scrambled into action after last week's episode and uh, yeah. got something quick. Uh, ready to go for shops here in March. Um, yeah, I don't know. Impressive. Well, Spencer, I, I just you, you kind of didn't think that it was going to happen. I think you were because you, your your comments were along the lines of like, no, they don't care. There's not enough of a market. Are you surprised to see Specialized and Trek jumping in this game? Are you like, ha- like, what's your thought? Because I, I think it's a pretty big deal when the big bike brands take the leap. Like they're following what Surly did what years ago. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Surly's been doing that for decades, and and other brands as well. Um, I, I, I am impressed. I think it's, I think it's good. Um, you know, the long tail is obviously, uh, the easiest way to get in the game. I think for, for these brands that don't know much about cargo scene, you know, and needs or whatever. And they're the most like a regular bike. So, um, but they're also super useful. Like they're a totally legitimate, uh, cargo bike and, and get the job done. So yeah. Um, uh, kudos to them for for doing it, I guess. But um, yeah, could have been could have been a couple years earlier, and you could have really captured that market, uh, hearts and minds of the people, you know. But um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you think about it, the cargo bikes kind of the school bus of bikes, so it all makes sense. It's so, true. There's a lot of there's a lot of synergy there between uh, the school yeah. bus of bikes and bike riders. It kind of like makes... replacing a, a school bus, if you will, something uh, like that. What what we talked about a lot. And you, you've talked. Both of you guys have talked about because I don't know anything about this stuff. Is about how much Trek has been buying up stores, and now Specialized has been spending money to buy up stores. And it, it makes sense that they would be able to come out with these bikes and then have them in their stores. Like they have the money to float it. I feel like one of the things is like you, you can find a local shop that might carry like a bucket bike. Sure. But how many can you have on the floor, right? Like, if yeah. you're just a little independent shop, you can't have that many $9,000 bikes on the floor. Like, it, it gets super expensive to stock one or two. This but is... The Trek, Trek, deal, Trek can, like, float a few to each shop this, just for... This looks, is you know where I mean? it comes to light, that little guy shops at the used uh, bike shops most <laughs> of the time, because... There's a lot of shops out there that can stock plenty of $9,000 bikes, little guy. <laughs> wow. All right. All right. 
plenty it's, of them. <laughs> well, that's anyways, I I'm stoked by this, but what really caught my mind here in this week of getting the nonstop emails. Tw- I mean, the Twitter was blowing up with people letting us know about the Trek announcement. And like I said, Colin letting us know that specializes getting into the game. Mm-hmm. It's great to see to, to have a true alternative for families and people that don't want a car. And now we finally have it and e-bikes make it possible. Like, cause e-bikes are a lot of fun to ride. Like when you get into one, it's, it's a ton of fun and it's, you know, I know there's a lot of cyclists that aren't the biggest fans of e-bikes cause they think it's cheating or whatever. Like get, get out of that. Like it's one less car on the road as one more person on a bike with a smile on their face. And it's fantastic. And what got me really excited for where this podcast is going was, uh, we got an email on, um, from Sydney e-bikes and kids, a fantastic topic. Hi all long time listener, first time emailer here, but I'm keenly interested in the e-bikes for hauling kids around conversation okay. for a couple of years. The Mac rides suffice to take my grandson mountain biking in all over town for mochas and cookies. Then his parents gave him a set of twin brothers. So I've spent the last two years pedaling the three of them around making the use of my Mac ride, the mountain bike with the double wide burly to get around. The eldest learned to ride his pedal bike in August, but isn't big enough to go very far. So when he's done riding it, I strap it onto the back of the burly to make our way down the trail. Thankfully, our city has over 130 miles of bike trails and it's pretty flat. Nonetheless, I've done some math. A mountain bike plus the Mack ride and the 40-pound four-year-old and the twin 30-year-olds and a double-wide burly plus the frog pedal bike plus the picnic supplies. He's doubling his body weight just to go for a ride and it's slowing him down with not enough extra oomph. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why he was thinking the Surly Big Easy, as recommended by Sensor, is the setup for him. It's more affordable than the others, and I can pretty much hook the trailer up when needed, but the tail would be fun for the kids to ride as they grow. Yeah. By the way, the Mack ride is awesome. Have you, have you seen these before, though, guy? The Mack no, ride? I haven't. It's the child bike seat that goes on the front. Right? Oh, well, that's so what it is. It's like when they, I had it's one the of kid those. between your arms on the top two. Yeah, yeah. I had one so of those, that's the other way but I didn't know what it was called. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the Nana is looking forward to hearing all about the pros and cons of the different models while saves her money. The first photo is our rig, and the second is the more current pick of the entourage. Three kids. It's so awesome to get these kids out, and now they have alternatives. And hopefully it helps drive down the price of e-bikes with getting more people out there. Mm-hmm. So thanks so much uh, for the laughter. Um, Sydney continues in keeping these worlds uh, uh, wheels turning. And, the new, <laughs> and that's the new catchphrase, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. It's already catching Anyways. on. I love that. Yeah, it is. I love seeing um, Sydney um, out there on the bikes uh, with with the kids. It looks like uh, you know Nana's quite happy with uh, mm-hmm. with the, all these opportunities out there and to see. And that's what these e bikes are so great for. So sometimes we get into this world of just like racing, racing, racing. But the truth is, it's more bikes on the streets. So yeah. I know that uh, you know we may not be the biggest advocates of cyclists in the world, but we do care about getting more people out there. I think we're the biggest advocates of cyclists in the world. I, th- I think we are, actually. I think a lot of people try to think we should do some more, but we're, we're doing our best. We really are. That's true. I, that I, true. I feel like we've claimed that, and that can be a slogan. We'll put it on a T-shirt. Biggest we're advocates in the world. <laughs> biggest advocates for cycling in the world. Well, yeah, doing was, our best. Oh, <laughs> not by the way, I was out. Yeah. I, um, I was in Portland, and a friend of the pod, Paul, uh, reached out to us to for me to go on like the bike bus oh. that I talked about because I was in Portland oh, for a yeah. day, but I missed it. Okay. Oh man, um, really? That's too bad. I know. That would have been awesome. I was in I was in Seattle and Portland. There's a lot of cyclists out there in Portland. I ain't gonna lie, um, a fair amount in Seattle too. But uh, great to see the infrastructure. But anyways, you, uh, really cool. Did you do any research on commuter tires when you're out there in Seattle? Yeah. So I actually did have a conversation about T serves. Interesting. Um, interesting. And they, they one store did have some T serves uh, in stock, and that was the I think it was the Westmoreland Trek store. All right. Uh, so, well, there you go. No, it was River City Bicycle in Portland. Sorry, wrong city. <laughs> they kind of all melt together. Yeah. A, <laughs> the same. This is a short drive. It's fine. Yeah. This is a short, short, quick drive. Um, got some more emails. This one comes to us from Gavin Atkins. Hot take. Following on the swap, my, swap meet advice a few weeks back, I have a uh, searing hot take for you. Nine Speed Campagnola is the new Klein. 
Cool and fun, but affordable because it's a tech dead end. Invest in road bikes <laughs> with nine speed Campag today. Sounds, like, okay. sounds okay. like someone who has some nine speed to sell trying to trying to <laughs> trying to trick me. I you know I, I want to believe. This, though. Yeah. No, I don't. No, 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 no. I want to believe, but the problem is, is you can just get, you can buy cheap Shimano wheels, and you can run your your any speed campy on it because because you can get like cassettes that will work. So like for me, <laughs> the nine speeds always felt a little, especially the wheels. It's then you're you're in this small weird little world that. I don't know. The ten speed is so plentiful at this point at the swaps that. Oh, little guy. So I'm yeah. I'm a. I'm gonna ask you this because I don't know the answer because I am a sane person who buys regular cycling um, equipment. <laughs> um, but does Miche make the Shimano wheel compatible campy shifting cassette in a nine speed version? I have no idea because I've Whoa. only had. I know, I know. I've never had. I had seven speed, and then I jumped to ten. I've never. I guess I've had like. I have some eight speed, I guess now, but like, on hmm. like mountain bikes and stuff. But I, I never had. Um, I never had nine speed. Okay. Oh, I went I, straight to ten. So there's. But I had those about, Miche cassettes. Yeah. There's something about the dead technology, uh, mentioned in that email that really. It excites me. Like that. That actually makes me feel like yeah. Okay can't be nine speed let's keep talking um <laughs> because it, it, it is nobody's gonna make any more of it there's only a limited amount you can be the weird guy that's riding I your campy is beautiful look, you could take friend of the pod mike uh what is it mike newton's uh role here you could just start stocking up a ton of campy nine speed put it in your kitchen drawers put it in your closets and just slowly trickle it out on ebay to pay rent every now and then Pay the mortgage because you've got uh, all the supply in the world. Yeah, that's that's true. I just I just so like the ten speed. I just never got into the so, nine. I I don't know. I, the ten has been so easy to come by at least uh-huh. for a while. So, this bike swap email, like that, was a good one. We got a great one from friend of the pod, Kevin Dolan. Okay, all it is the subject line. Too frugal to pay for a table. Stop, swap, and save. And it this is the ultimate bike swap character. Okay. I, I am so thrilled that Kevin shared this one. And by the way, Kevin, send more photos of the bike swap. The bike swap he, Kevin sent, it's in a pole barn. It looks like there, you could park like 800 cars in this thing. This thing looks like this is a real deal bike swap. The, the, the aisles are packed. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of... Lot of, uh, lot of deal seekers here this gentleman is walking around with a carbon head three wheel strapped to his backpack with a handwritten sign that says for sale head three clincher this dude didn't even get a table at the bike swap he's walking around with it for sale this is one of my favorite characters at a bike swap oh yeah that the mobile table Walking around with the handwritten sign saying, talk to me while I'm shopping for deals. I mean, this, this is the best. This reminds me of like when you go to Interbike, uh-huh. Spencer, as you know, you'd uh-huh. walk to Interbike and there'd always be like goofy people like riding around like their 32 inch wheel bike or whatever, you know, like the, uh-huh. the part where you're like, oh, look at this. Oh, you like these, uh, you know, these really reflective bib shorts go over there to the I aisle mean, that no one goes to. I've... I'm sure the little guy's been that guy at the bike swap. I've been this guy at 2013 Louisville Cycle Cross Worlds um, with with my uh, Dirk Hoffman scarves that I had made That's for right. the event yeah. um, that I strapped to the old backpack and walked around and was like, these are for sale. Um, yeah. Went pretty well. Uh, that was a That was a good day. Uh, selling merch with uh, Bill from Cyclocross Radio as well. Um, it, it was a good day, but... Until we got kicked out by the old UCI police. Did you really get kicked out for doing that? Well, we I got mean, stopped from that. selling mer- <laughs> unauthorized merchandise a couple of times. Here's the, here's the thing with the, the gentleman walking around with the, the head three carbon wheel. Uh-huh. 
He doesn't have a price tag on his handwritten note. Yeah, what are you going to do? Inquire within? No, sir. I'd rather just barcode scan your Venmo, pay you. You'll get a ping that it's sold, and you just set it down, and I will pick it up, and there will be no interaction. That is the Gen Z way to do things. No, but you should at least put the the price on there to see if it's even worth talking. Like, someone walking around the bike swap with a handwritten sign, mm-hmm. it... It's kind of like when the bearded okay. guy walks into your bike shop asking for a quill stem. Like, but he it's asked, kind of a here, risky here, conversation to be the one that gets Here we go. He, he, he needs to do a swoop first. He needs to know what the prices are on the ground. Yeah, he needs to know what he needs to pick up before he knows what the price is that he's selling. Because this wheel is clearly turning into whatever he buys from this swap. But <laughs> here's, here's the thing. I'm going to put the over-under on this. Now, you guys think about this. Head three carbon uh, clincher. Now, Tim, was it a rear? Was it a rear wheel or a front wheel? Do you know? I'm gonna guess oh, front because that's it. what all the fixie kids had. Um, no, it is a. It is a rear. Oh, it is a okay. um, eagle axis rear. Uh, I don't know what that means. Cassette. It doesn't matter. Um, so I'm gonna put the over under at three hundred dollars. Do you guys? <laughs> do you guys think Sorry. that this Sorry. is over that- or under three hundred dollars? Definitely under, because really? it's a, it's a rear wheel without a cassette. But I just realized I'll go over then. It's an entire shopping list on his sign. It's a head three clincher. He's got an envy bar. Like there's a bar also attached to the wheel itself. He's got an axis rear derailleur, uh-huh. and then he's got an eleven speed head e tap shifters. Like this is a whole like setup on the backpack. I said, at this point, he's going to have to pay for advertising on the Slow Ride podcast, Tim. You can't just be uh, selling all this stuff for him. So, Spencer, I would say under 300 from your query. I think that's fair. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Head three, carbon, clincher, the most popular kind of tire. Not a tubular. That would be under 100, I think. Uh, rear wheel. Yeah, um, I'm just going on eBay to look. That's part of the fun. There's no phone a friend on this. That's part of the fun, little guy. What do you think it would uh, be? I would say under 300. Yeah, but I bet it's around three. I bet it's close. So I was, I'll go like 325. That's what makes the game a fun challenge, little guy, as opposed to Googling on eBay. I think it would, I think he was. I think if you're the kind of guy who's not willing to spring 40 bucks for a table at the bike swap, uh, you think you've got gold and he's charging $650 for this wheel. Oh, he, oh, yeah. you <laughs> see, I would say that cause he didn't get a table that he may be more willing to take a, a lower price. Absolutely not. You, you have the different, you have the different read yeah. that because He's not willing to spend the money for the table. He is He is not going to come down in price at all. Oh, no. <laughs> absolutely. He's not there to haggle. He's there to sell this uh, absolute uh, unique piece of art that he has for his bike. Yeah. Um, uh, he is a businessman. He knows a bad deal when he sees one, and buying a table at the swap is a bad deal. I, I hate to say it, but I'm going to quit listening. Uh oh! This email comes to us from Aaron. Another one of Tim, these. Tim, Spencer, and Matt. Just another one added to the queue. Uh It is with deep regret that I must express my frustration over an on-the-air error per- perpetrated by Spencer. That doesn't sound possible. You went out yeah. of your way to cor- correct the egregious error that the Kaha Rual team car offer mm-hmm. which was a professional move and 100 percent the thing to do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you want to win the factual accuracy and podcasting event of 2023 which we do obviously then you go on and say that a sonata is a model made by nissan excuse me no. that mm-hmm. good sir is a hyundai sitting in their lineup along with the santa cruz the santa fe and whatever other cars they've made Santa Cruz is a beautiful car. They, <laughs> they basically have the entire Southwest of the U.S. in their, uh, in their um, fleet. So it is so, with this final and most unfortunate error that I must say I'm done listening to this, listening to this of all your beautiful lies. This episode is over, so I guess I'm waiting until next week. Regards, Aaron. Wow. Spencer, Tough, what do you have to say for yourself? The Sonata being I, for Nissan? 
I'm going to have to listen back to the tape on this because I'm sure that I was talking about an Ultima. Uh, I am guessing what happened is that Tim somehow mentioned a Sonata and just <laughs> uh, got it into, you know, like a misspeak situation, like brain thinking one thing, mouth saying another thing. Um, so I think, uh, you know, Tim's under the bus on this. It's got to be his fault. Um I apologize for any uh, uh, Sonata drivers that I may have offended with my um, un, 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 um, uh, my remarks, uh, uncharacteristic remarks. Um, um, you know, uh, I'll be uh, personally reaching out so, to, to anyone um, that yeah. does write in uh, who is a Sonata driver and uh, offering um, my... I wonder how many Sonata drivers we actually have listened to the podcast. Well, if, if school bus drivers, I uh, would have put it at zero, is actually well above that. Uh, I'm going to say Sonata. It's probably so, up there. Can we just give a shout out? Aaron, thank you for bringing up the Hyundai Santa Cruz, which may take the cake as the ugliest of all production cars in the world right now. Um, Ow, I mean, it's... Tim. Yeah, I'm gonna add another game since you guys were so bad at over under. I've <laughs> I've got a new game of over under where you need to tell me the price, but I'm going to tell you what you need to do, and you need to tell me what price it is to uh, uh that you would actually do this thing. Okay. Okay. Like right. name your okay. price. I'm going to call it name your price. This is a game called name your price here yeah, on the can't wait Slow to play. Thanks podcast. for having me. Yeah. I'd like to say I'd like to say hi to all the um, all the all the folks down at the mill. Today's I'm happy to be uh, here. Today. <laughs> Today's uh, competition between uh, Matt and Tim. Uh, we're going to see who will do this for a lower price. The okay. the uh, challenge is to re- relocate the family uh, to Santa Cruz, California, to purchase uh-huh. a uh, brand new Santa Cruz uh, high tower mountain bike. Uh, that's a twenty nine er, and to have to drive a Hyundai Santa Cruz uh, car pickup truck car. Pickup truck. Is it a car? And it's a pickup truck. Do the kids truck. do the kids need to have a Santa Cruz skateboards? The kids as well? will be riding Santa Cruz skateboards with Santa Cruz wheels and they'll be wearing uh Santa Cruz um hoodies okay. that they got at Hot right. Topic, which is pretty lame. Uh-huh. Um okay. so you're gonna be a guy in Santa Cruz who rides a Santa Cruz uh well and drives to the trails with it in the back of your Santa Cruz. Yeah. This wow. Do you do you think they'd call me a poser? If this was me, I don't know, like, like, but you're going to find out. And for how much would you well, need to be paid? That's to find out. Yeah. So, so this is a very good question. I just want to like play it out in my mind just a little bit. Cause uh-huh. I'm, I'm concerned. Will be. the locals laugh at me going, Oh, he must be new to Santa Cruz. Uh, don't worry. He's gone all out. Uh, Tim, the locals <laughs> have all been priced out of Santa Cruz. There are no locals there anymore. Okay. Um, sure. so this is, a, this is great. I, cause I, I'm curious how many, Santa Cruz mountain bike owners have a Hyundai Santa Cruz. Um, little guy, how much would you pay for this opportunity? No, how much would you need to be paid? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, how much would you need to be paid? I'm going to start the bidding at $10,000. Would you do it for $10,000? Wait, this is a one-time payment? Yes. No, I mean, when you... $50,000. Do I have to buy the cars? I'm broken No, no, you're given these things and you need this. to embody them. How long do I have to live this Santa Cruz lifestyle? Yeah, how long as do long I? As how the, long do I? As long as there. they're I mean, uh, functioning. Oh, it's a lot. I mean, Santa Cruz is a very expensive place to live. So, sure, I'll do it for ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand, good deal. Ten thousand. Wow, that's cheap. Tim, can you go under ten? Absolutely not. Like I, I, you could not pay me enough money to have a Hyundai Santa Cruz, <laughs> a Santa Cruz mountain bike. And force my kids to wear Santa Cruz clothing with their Santa Cruz skateboards and Santa Cruz wheels because we all know my kids would be rocking a World Industries board or a hockey board. Yeah, they would yeah. not be rocking. Well, Santa I Cruz honestly we, we gotta, we went the, the opposite way here. that I expected. <laughs> no, I mean, we we get we got to get in the fine print. How many okay. times a week do I have to drive to the to, to the Santa Cruz Trail with the Santa Cruz and the Santa uh-huh. Cruz? Uh-huh. Uh, if I can get by with just basically parking the Santa Cruz in the driveway and letting it depreciate. That's you know, whatever. I don't so, care. It's one car off the road. I, I think it. I think if you're one the kind car. of person who lives in Santa Cruz, drives a Santa Cruz, and rides a Santa Cruz, 
you're pretty much anytime you use the vehicle, you're going to have to have the bike in the back. Well, yeah, I got one of those Dekine or whatever um, yeah, yeah, yeah. truck blanket things. Possibly so. personalized I, license plate, uh, STACRZ, something like that. Oh, for sure. I mean, if you're going all in, you might as well go all in. But little guy, I think before we played this amazing game from Spencer, you, you were like, sounded like you were trying to defend the Hyundai Santa Cruz. That's why you're willing to do it for $10,000. This is interesting. No, I, I know it's hideous. I agree. I mean, I don't, I don't want it or anything. But it's, uh, but it's darn I, practical. It's, look, if you had asked me this in <laughs> summer, I wouldn't even consider it. But uh-huh. it, like, like we've talked about, it's oh. been icy here. Okay, it's kind All of right. gross. Uh, this uh, we're currently free ride in, to California. In the, I see. Oh. In the February uh, th- thaw section of winter, where we. Where you're like, oh, it got nice out, but then you realize that that means you get to see three months of garbage uh-huh. that's been under us from the snowbank. So 10K. This little isn't guy, exactly the time of year that I'm the most excited to be. You sold here. little Tombunin, Tombunin out for 10K. I, I am I'm shocked and amazed. I thought Tim would do it for free. I thought you wouldn't do it for less than a cool seven figures. Uh, I am a little surprised. I think all the listeners are as well. Um, but that so, concludes uh, this uh, week's edition of Neighbor wait, Press. I mean, do you think do you think a mountain bike can fit in that bed though? Because like that, the Absolutely bed on not. that, no, it's a useless. So, useless. No, but you got to hang the front wheel over anyway, because yeah. that way, so people can see it. That's why you got the so, truck blanket. When you go to the Hyundai Santa Cruz website, you can build your own, and there is a thing where you can click mountain bike, and they have two mountain bikes in the bed uh-huh. with them uncomfortably hanging over the back. Yeah, that's how yeah. you do it. And when yeah. you zoom in, I swear it says Santa Cruz. It should. They, it's a huge missed <laughs> opportunity hope. if they don't. Um, I, I would love to see it. Um, but we, This is such an ugly car. There's a, I mean, there's a, a, a nice little Segway Sam situation happening here where, uh, guys, we got a review a few weeks ago on this Low Ride podcast. We tried to read them all. Uh, I missed... This one coming through uh, middle of January, but I'm going to read it now. Uh, The review uh, says uh, it's titled, Visit the Good News Garage for Bikes. Tom and Ray ran the Good News Garage in Cambridge, Mass., and also happened to have the most popular show on PBS, Car Talk. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, they actually talked about cars. Then, over the years, drifted off topic. This is Car Talk for Bikes. That's a pretty good review. A five-star review. Yeah, that's, that's a five. Oh, um, wow. Thank from you. Who, who wrote that? Uh, Min HVKI. Uh, I don't know how, if that's a pronounceable thing or what, but that review came through on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. We always love the five-star and one-star reviews that we get, and uh, we try to read all of them on the air. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. No, Thank that's you so much. Good. Thank you. Here we are talking about Hyundai... Santa Cruz's? I was about to say Sonata. Sonata. Yeah. Something about Santa Cruz's. Yeah. yeah. It's so boring. It, it's it would have well, been an easy mistake. The Sonata's a Nissan, so. Yeah. Is there a well, is there a bike called Tucson? Because we can play this game with Tucson next week if there is. Uh maybe? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. That's like one of those bikes sold at like a uh Academy Sports or like a Dick Sporting Goods. Sounds like a pretty good um like big box bike name. Yeah. All right, I'll I'll do my research. Well, with that, we come to yet another end of a Slow Ride podcast episode number 426. I'd like to thank all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to wideanglepodium.com to find out more. Thanks for all of the um, followers on Instagram and Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. We'd like to thank BK1 of Rhymestars Entertainment for the intro and outro music. And with that, this is Tim in Orlando, Florida. This is Matt, currently in Minneapolis, but ex- <laughs> uh, accepting payment to move other places and have become a branded lifestyle consultant for anything Santa Cruz, I guess. Uh-huh. And this is Spencer in Holyoke, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists and school buses that you see out on the road. Keep those wheels spinning. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The 
theslowridepodcast.com and on Twitter at theslowridepod. Alright guys, that was another fantastic episode. A lot of fun. Wow. What an episode. That was amazing. When that one person said that thing and then the other person totally like set them straight. Oh man, that was great. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that again. But hey, since I have your attention now, hello Cyclocross friends, new friends and old friends and soon to be friends. My name's Bill. I host a, another show on the Wide Angle Podium Podcast Network. It's called Cyclocross Radio, and we talk to the biggest stars in cyclocross and even the medium stars in cyclocross and some of the soon-to-be stars in cyclocross. We also have a panel discussion we call the Media Pit with my buddy Zach and Michael where we go over all of the new rules that might be coming out and the calendar situations and races that happen. It's a great time. It's a great conversation. We built an amazing community that we want you to be part of. So go to wideanglepodium.com, become a member there, then go to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Cyclocross Radio. Do it. Do it now. Cyclocross friends. <laughs>